All right, so this is our debut episode of The Spoken Nerd. I'm Sean. I'm Bill. And we just spent two hours trying to figure out how to get a microphone to work. So this is uh, this has already been a fun experiment so far. Yeah, two microphones, really. But right now, this is we have a budget of about uh, $7. Minus $7. Yeah. And uh, it's most likely going to be terrible. Is my guess. I don't think really. If you're listening to this, I'm kind of curious what I mean. What life decisions you've made to get to this point that we're your entertainment? But I appreciate you listening. I, I think our audience for our first episode is going to be that one lonely forty year old guy who has nothing to do but listen to other people talk. That's me. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be sad if we're, like this has two viewers, two views. Two like, subscribers. One's my mom, and then the other is hey, some random 30-year-old no, guy. Oh, yeah, that's you, three. You and Al do it. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll, your mom. We'll, we'll both watch one, and then, uh, yeah, my mom will watch one. That's that's like three whole people right there. Yeah, it's true. My mom doesn't have Facebook. I, You know, I like Facebook, and I hate it I don't know all why I said Facebook. Time. Facebook. Yeah, like that was just like a, like just a bloom Facebook. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so, well, my mom doesn't have a Facebook at all. Mark she Zuckerberg. still hasn't figured out voicemail. Oh, yeah. She calls me and she goes, she calls me, <laughs> she calls me BJ from when I was a little kid. So she calls me and she leaves me these voicemails like it's the old, old school answer machine where she's like, BJ. I know you're there. Wake up. Pick up the phone. BJ. Like it's still a. Uh, yeah, like it's. Play, yeah, like playback. a. Yeah, playback. It's got one of the old ones. Yeah, where like you can just hear plays it. throughout the house. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, it's awesome. You know, I, I guess I shouldn't like talk shit about my mom. <laughs> <laughs> what does it matter? She won't hear it anyway. <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> By the way, all the Facebook plugs, Mark Zuckerberg, if you're listening, we are looking for sponsorship. This is the first episode. Yeah. I, get, I mean, I can't imagine, like, if, the, if they're sponsoring us, like, the competition has to be terrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's, I think the demographic for two middle-aged guys talking about absolutely nothing is, is huge. <laughs> it's like Fat Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible but yeah okay yeah i I mean i can just imagine them sitting around having their little little facebook nerd management meeting and they're like have you heard these two guys they sound they sound great (laughs) (laughs) one one cackles like a witch the other one you know (laughs) that was terrible that's okay. Uh, forewarning, I have a terrible laugh, and it'll be heard throughout the entirety of this show. So uh, I don't know if that's a reason enough for you to stay and listen. Perfect. Uh, if not, I'm not changing. That's terrible. Everything's terrible. I don't know. It's I just think... like my default description of everything. <laughs> terrible. It's just awful. That's, it sucks. <laughs> hey, man, what do you think about this painting? Oh, it's fucking awful. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> Your daughter did this. Oh, man, it fucking sucks. It's like the guy you work with where, like, every day when you go to eat lunch, he looks at whatever you have. He's like, oh, that looks terrible. And then, like, one day you're like, man, is that, like, code for you want something? Yeah, can I try it? Dude. 
Like, there's a better way to go about that. I, I hate to say it, but I've used that strategy before. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, if it works, right? Prop it. You go up to somebody that has a snack, you're like, oh, man, that looks awful. And they're like, oh, no, it's great. You should really try some. And then you try it, and then you have to kind of keep that face like you really do think it's terrible, just so they didn't know that, <laughs> <laughs> that, that you uh, manipulated them for their food. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an, an agreement between both of you. Like, they don't, you know, you act like, you know, it's not that good. They act like they're not offended by, you know, talking shit about the free food they just gave you or whatever. It's kind of like when you go to a strip club. <laughs> If you think about it, it's like <laughs> it's like an agreement between you and her. You know what I mean? When you go to the strip club, you know, like she pretends that she thinks you're attractive. Like you, you, you and her both know that, you know, she's not attracted to that weird, you know, half of a mustache that doesn't really grow right. <laughs> you know what I mean? You guys know deep down if you were interrogated, like if. Like, if the CIA was waterboarding you, you know, tell us the truth. Do you really think that stripper liked you? <laughs> like, if they're, you know, fucking drowning you and shit, like, deep down, you don't believe that she thinks that you're hot. Oh, no, but that's why you pay him. <laughs> like, not, you can't right, do But that. you got to keep a good face. You got to be like, you know, you got to act like the stud when you really feel, you know, dirty, like, bad. You know what I mean? Like there's that soft voice in the back of your head. Like, yeah, man, like I'm really you enjoying. Thank this, her but... for allowing you to be there. You know what I mean? It's like if you get invited onto a, a basketball court in an NBA game. Like you should be very thankful, to LeBron. Thank you for having me out here. So, you know what I mean? Like you really should be thankful <laughs> that her life was so terrible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Thank you for having enough issues that you're willing to uh, twerk on my face. Um, this was a great exchange. Here's Whoa. your five dollars. <laughs> but but at the same time, she still, you know, she she has to fulfill her end of the bargain. You know what I mean? And you got to fulfill your end of the bargain. You know what I mean? It goes both ways. So like, you know, she acts like she likes you, and like you act like you believe she's in college. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's it's like a it's a social agreement. <laughs> That's terrible. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said any of that. That was Sean. Sean wrote, Sean wrote that piece. No, yeah, it was all scripted. Yeah, we have giant cue cards in front of us. This is actually a more higher budget production than anybody thinks. <laughs> the three by five. Card. The, the, the three by five cards. We've yeah. got two uh, large men holding cue cards in front of us, and we're just <laughs> we're just reading our lines. Uh, we we have no talent. And so all of our stuff has to come off of pre-written material by the greatest comedians in this small part of Texas. Which is essentially us. Yeah, yeah. A, not like because we're great, just because there's really nobody else around that, you know. I think people work too much around here to have a sense of humor. Oh. Uh, the fuck is that? <laughs> that's my uh, Google Home system. It, it realized that it can't connect to anything, so it has to tell us. In the middle of a fucking podcast. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. It, Thank you, Google. Thanks, Google. By the way, one of my favorite technologies of all time. I barely use the thing, but every now and then I'll be cooking and I'll tell it to tell me a joke and it tells the worst jokes ever. And it's still hilarious the every Google? time. Yeah. What's yeah. it what's the thing called? It's called uh, Google Home. Google Home. Tell me a joke. I, I don't think it's actually connected right now.
that's that's like a like a major letdown. <laughs> See, this is my this is my issue when people when we start talking about like advanced technology, like artificial intelligence, and people you know they're talking about robots and all this shit. Like we can't get that right, right? But you want me to put this machine in my house that's supposed to think for itself and cook and clean and maybe one day for like protect your kids and protect your home. And, you know, it'd be like something you pass down from generation to generation. You know what I mean? You got a, you got a robot in the house, like a uh, RoboCop style turret, right? And some guy breaks in, your family's cowering behind it and goes, cannot connect to the Wi-Fi. And you're like, fuck. That's <laughs> 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 terrible. <laughs> Worst robot guard ever. Damn you. Cannot perform that function right now. Oh, fucking Google. I'm telling you, Cyberdyne sucks. Oh. Fuck. If they ever, like, build robots to come back from the future to kill us and shit, it's going to be terrible. Oh, dude. Skynet's going to get one look at my search history and just be like, nah, he's not worth it. He's already dead inside anyway. Well, do, you, do you ever think, like, you know, if you've ever done anything to land on, like, the, the like a watch list? Like a like 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 a no shit. Not like, you know, like there's levels of no shit real stuff. Like there's Steven Seagal real, which is like not, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, and then there's like, you know, you know, like real. I don't know how to describe it. You know, there's like real. You know, no shit. Have you ever landed on a watch list that, you know, had people looking at your search history or looking, you know, a file? Not that I've ever, like, I've never received a mail in a letter that just said, or <laughs> a letter in the mail that said, um, formerly Mr. Sean Morris, this is uh, the FBI. What? But they're not going to do that. No. Like, if you're on a watch list, I mean, I mean, you can't tell me that, see, I think a bunch of people are. You can't, like, they have access to all this data and shit that they get a hold of. You can't tell me they haven't found some stuff. That was the whole problem was that, that one of these data gathering programs, I don't know which one, whether it was uh, PRISM or, or one of these other data gathering programs, they were sharing intelligence without warrants and, and things like that. So, like, if you, you can't tell me you didn't Google some weird shit. Oh, who the fuck hasn't? I think everybody who ever used the Internet gets in those weird click holes where they just watch or or get involved in just weird shit like one time i was genuinely curious how to build a bomb so i looked it up and if that didn't land me on a watch list i don't know what did well see we just said how to build a bomb on a podcast that we <laughs> intend to put on the internet so i mean everybody's got to i mean i'm sure just because some of the shit that i've done in my life that i'm on a watch list somewhere i just wonder how like what exactly does that mean you know and like I assume logically that if you're not like some kind of, if you're not given some kind of threat level by these intelligence agencies as a person, that you're probably just inform, you know, just information, some kind of database. Oh, so dude. whenever something happens, I don't think anybody's like, like actively watching what the fuck is going on. They they create tiers, right? Like you've got terrorists. How do you know that? They you know they've that? got terrorists. They've uh, got they've got. Uh... Yeah, there's got to be some kind of. Some kind of hierarchy of, of dirtbag. They, they've got they, hot words, and then the third tier is just weirdos, and it's just a like 
cubicle of guys sifting through information about See, this people is, looking up this, recipes. This is my and... whole problem with all of that uh, government spying and metadata collecting and, and all that shit, right? This is my entire problem. It's not that they have the data or that they monitor. It's not any of that. It's that we are we have changed our lives toward now in our day-to-day lives, right? You you can say some shit like how to build a bomb in a situation that you know is going to go on the internet, and it crosses in the back of your mind that somebody hears that, and it could be taken the wrong way, and you think it's not going to happen to me, you know. But that's you know. But if it does, you'd be like, holy shit, you know. The fact that we have to think about that shit now—that's my whole problem. That to me is censorship. That's what freedom of of everything, freedom of speech, uh, uh, freedom from unlawful searches and seizures, uh, things like that's what all of that stuff was meant to protect. And that's why I have a problem with them collecting all this shit. I don't have a problem you collecting metadata if you have a, a warrant, and I don't even have a problem if you use the FISA court, right? Which is the, the FISA court's this, that's the official court that they go to to get these black warrants to go tap people's shit you know, using top secret information. Yeah. That's what they used to tap the guy that was involved with Trump during his administration. They used a FISA warrant. Uh, And if you look at the history of FISA warrants, it's amazingly skewed. Like they've, they've only declined a minuscule amount of cases. Like at one point it was something like 13,000 warrants applied for and they denied 11 out of 13,000. Everybody, it's like a rubber stamp to give a warrant. But it makes you, makes you wonder, right? Like, out of all the data that's recording, what makes it stop and go, oh, I'm going to flag this guy, right? Like, what if it's what if it's some middle-aged mom? Well, there's, who's, there's some who's variable. Like, Somebody has to set the variable. She's, she's Googling how to build a bath bomb, right? But she leaves out the word bath, and she hits enter, right? Does that instantaneously put her name into a hat filled with proverbial names that will be pulled I and then just well, swatted? I, I can't. Look, I, I'm not going to say that I think that they're, that people in this government that do that are sitting around thinking about, like, purposely targeting people that slip. Like, I don't think that's the case. But I think there's got to be, I mean, because this all has to be done with, you know, software, with algorithms and stuff like that. So there has to be something that even if she doesn't get put into that pile of possible dirt bags. There's got to be some algorithm that looks at that and makes a determination. So even if she's cleared, it's still considered. Which, I mean, I guess in this day and age, you're going to have to have that to have security. But, you know, how much how much liberty do we trade for security? You know what I mean? Well, that's, that's the tough thing nowadays. You have so many people to monitor and just keep tabs on. But it doesn't work. We, no, we, it doesn't we don't. Work. Like, we've got all this metadata and all this monitoring capabilities. You can get a warrant if you've got enough evidence. You know what I mean? You can get a warrant. That's not a problem. They prove that, right? And they've yet to stop any of these school shootings ahead of time using any of that information, even loosely. Like, it's all the people that have been stopped, like this kid that got... uh, The Florida kid? Yeah. Yeah. The ones that got stopped, uh, it was armed guards that stopped them. Right, they didn't get stopped by the FBI because they picked up some. And there's plenty of stuff. Like the one kid, uh, th- there was a kid that made threats on uh, social media. Dylan Roof, I believe, made some 
made some statements and who's that picture. One? He's the kid that uh, went to Bible study in I think South Carolina. That's right. And shot nine uh, nine black people in the middle of Bible study. Yeah, that, that was the that was the black church kid, yeah. right? Like, yeah. like, like people like that are terrible. Like they're I mean that kid needs to get hooked up and he needs to ride the lightning. He needs to get the chair. Oh it's yeah, terrible, you, terrible. You, you stuff. have to be a real monster to where that's your one objective in life. You're yeah, gonna go get some guns from wherever, and you're just gonna shoot people up because that's how to deal well, with issues. I, I mean, I, look, I, I don't think that that's just predisposed. Like if you're a crazy nutbag kid that somehow got tied in with white supremacists, that that means you're gonna go shoot up a school. All I'm saying is that. There's a special seat in hell saved for that kid at Hitler's table, and he deserves to be there. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, he that's a kid that has problems and was going to do something crazy anyway. Oh, dude, you have to have problems to do something like that. There's no normal Nor, Yeah, normal people don't do that, period. Yeah, no, there's, it's, it's all mental illness, man. Nobody just wakes up one day and goes, ah, so I'm going to kill somebody. But how do you stop that? Like, see, there, there's things that should have flagged Dylan Roof. He was, uh, I believe he was under investigation for a drug charge, and that should have flagged him as unable to buy uh, or unable to buy a firearm. Yeah. And it didn't. Yeah. Um, People, the the people that are supposed to flag those, I think, should be held accountable. The FBI, um, I'd seen the sheriff mention at one point, but I think, I know when I've purchased a firearm, it's always been with an FBI background check that was called in. It was never a sheriff or something like that. So I don't. I would assume the FBI is responsible, and I think they should be held accountable. I mean, if if a cop stops somebody who has a gun on them, and they don't arrest the guy, knowing he has a gun, knowing he's dangerous, and he goes off and shoots somebody ten minutes later, that cop should be held liable. Why didn't you stop that? You know, that's just my opinion. I, I just want to point out. Yeah. How serious this got like as quickly as it did i know right <laughs> i know right now it's now it's preaching lecture time it's you know it's these issues they bring out a different side of people that's that's how you hook them man you get them in the beginning with laughter and bullshit and then out of nowhere you right. go gun laws and right. everybody just goes oh this shit. is really meant to be this podcast is really meant to be alt-right propaganda <laughs> we're gonna suck you in with you know you know, bro comedy at, at the front of it. <laughs> and then we're going to start preaching in the background. We're rolling subliminal bass of Trump. Trump. Vote for Trump. <laughs> it's subliminal messaging. Like every fifth word, somebody says Trump. That's right. Which is funny because neither one of us would have voted for Trump. No, but no. But we argue about him. I voted, yeah, we do. I voted for Rand Paul. I voted for nobody. That doesn't surprise me. No, yeah, it doesn't surprise anybody. There's this whole idea that if you don't vote, you have no idea what you're talking about. But I I look at it this way. Who cares? Like when it comes down to two primaries in the same race, you hate either of them. What's the point in voting? There's no point. You're like, I'm going to pick cyanide or arsenic. Yeah, fuck it. Cyanide's better. And you just – you vote for cyanide. I, I hated both. You're talking, candidates about, and, you're talking about the lesser of two evils. Approach. Yeah, pretty pretty much. But, you know, that's... Well, you can't... So, you can argue both sides of that. People say you can't pick the lesser of two evils because you're still voting for poison or whatever analogy you want to make, right? Yeah. So, the, so I vote 
like I have a hierarchy of opinion, not opinions. I have opinions about everything, you know, because I'm smarter than everyone I feel. <laughs> it's crazy. You know what I mean? Like my, my youngest son is, I have the same problem. He's so intelligent. He can't fathom that other people are as intelligent as he is. See, I, I think, I think everybody feels that way or at least certain people feel that way. Yeah. Um, it's the ego. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know at points in my life I felt that way. Um, and then I meet other people who are definitely way smarter than I am. <laughs> and I go, at least I've got When it's like smarts. magical, you know, the, the, like they'll think of stuff and you're just like, how did you come up with that? Yeah. That's genius. I don't under, you know, it's kind of like, like it, it's, it, it, in fact, it's very, I, I was thinking about this today because I'm upset. You know, you know this, I'm obsessed with jujitsu. Right? Yeah. So it's kind of like jujitsu. Like you get in there and the guys that are the people that guys and the girls, I'm sorry, don't strangle me because i said guys uh the, the people assume my gender no i assume the gender of people that might be listening i mean i assume your gender because you have a beard you know uh <laughs> so like the people that show up that think that they're like you know uh like i showed up and i could i can wrestle and the people that show up that can wrestle that think that they're going to be great these 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 are people that they get to roll and, and they get humbled. You know what I mean? Somebody tries to tear your arm out of its socket. You don't know you don't know how it happened, or you can't get them off of you, and, or you get on top of them and you you get them you know on a full mount and you know they buck you off in about four seconds and you can't figure it out because you can't do the same thing and you got sixty pounds on you, right? As soon as you see that, it's like magic. Like you don't understand how it happened, and then it it's kind of like like what's your favorite fantasy sorcerer? character or whatever oh damn that's hard um i'm, I'm just gonna have to go with merlin because it's the merlin go to right yeah. so if you if some old dude meets you at the at the walmart parking lot and it looks like merlin and tells you he's merlin and you're like you're crazy get away from me homeless man and the show split that was great yeah, anyway was awesome. merlin analogy let's go yeah all i'm saying is like if you meet merlin and you think he's full of it and he teaches you a magic trick right right and then you use it and it works You'd be obsessed with that. You'd quit your job to follow this homeless man around and learn magic tricks. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like if you if he pulled out a wand and like he waved the wand and he turned a newspaper stand into a penguin, or <laughs> <laughs> and he taught you how to do that, like you'd be you'd be a little like you'd just waddle around and be just a penguin making machine all day, every day, just poof, penguin, 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 penguin. You know what I mean? It's, sure. It, 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 it's the same thing with with people that. You know that are really good at jujitsu when you when you know they're better than you <laughs> you know what i mean it's the same thing with people that are just way smarter than you you're just like it, it's it's like brain magic like, i don't know i think everybody has these humbling moments um i'm not from here so when i moved here i got introduced to like college kids and and all these people right and i remember the first time i got roped up in a conversation i'm just sitting there just kind of shooting the breeze right trying to be normal which is not my thing and then they bring up like some third world politics right maybe like somalia or something then they start talking about that and i'm just sitting in the background with my drink like yeah i mean totally <laughs> and it like that it humbled me in a way because i felt uh kind of more intelligent than these guys and then you just pull something out of the hat where i'm like holy crap what are they even talking about the only thing i know about somalia i saw in black hawk down 
Oh, dude, no. Captain Phillips is obviously a superior movie when it comes to Somalia. Were they Somalian? Oh, yeah, they were Somalian pirates. I am the captain now. <laughs> the guy, the the uh, the pirate, the main pirate, um, Moppy McSkeleton, he... <laughs> He's terrible. <laughs> I actually... Can't got... say that shit about people. <laughs> the dude looks like like a poster for anorexia. Like, well, he does live in Somalia, and he's he's. I mean, face it. If you're a Somalian pirate, really, if you're a pirate of any of any sort, you know, even back in the old days, if you're a pirate, you've like, I think it's agreed upon that uh, you've made some bad life choices to end up in that situation. <laughs> you know, and I get it. You know what I mean? You're starving. You know, and see, like when, when I was a kid, my dad used to he, he used to say, I I, I figured out the problem with people that are starving in Africa. He's like, I figured out the fix. I'm like, all right, what is it? And he's like, well, you live in a desert. Like, yeah, you're starving. So, you know, what are you doing? Start walking. Just go, go somewhere else, you know? And, of course, I, I'm sure it's way more complicated. Oh, absolutely. Right, but these guys got, they have they have no money, no food, or, or whatever their deal is. You know, their life sucks bad enough that, it's you know, at some point they're standing around a 55-gallon drum of trash that's burning, you know, in their dirty clothes and their unkempt hair, and they're like, they, one of them comes up with a plan. He's like, let's go steal this fishing boat, and then let's go out in the middle of the ocean and see if we can't hijack an ocean liner. I've got an AK-47 with seven bullets. We've got two shovels and a fishing net. It's like your life has to be terrible for you to stay for for you to hear that and then go, okay, I'm in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. And then like it's got to be really bad for you to actually get in the boat, and then the halfway halfway out there see how big those boats are, and knowing that there's warships like legit first world warships not far away. They can, you know, just erase you off of the face. And you're still halfway out there. You're like, yes, let's get that paper, son. This is totally going to work. Uh, is your shovel loaded? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I understand, you know, that's the thing people think. They're like, oh, these people are able. They are, but if you were starving and in the middle of the desert and your kids were going to die and your family was going to die, you'd get in that boat. Here's here's my thing though the the guy right the guy that played Captain Phillips pirate right it became he became kind of famous off of it I don't know what famous money is oh, in yeah, Somalia he, he's typecast now oh yeah definitely typecast I, I mean sure. you can't really look any other way well, he probably made looks. like even if he can't that, like even even if he gets like like he'll need dental reconstructive surgery and even if he gets you know goes on some kind of Hollywood diet and he starts hitting the creatine, and he's intermittent fasting, and all this crazy new age stuff, right? At the end of it, you're still going to be like, you look like a fucking pirate. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, there's no way past that. Some people are just typecast. That's oh, just dude, well, I mean, he will probably look like that. But the thing is, it's not about looks. It, he, from the difference of Captain Phillips, and I saw, I saw his face in a new movie. I have no idea what it is, right? He looks the same. He probably made like thirty dollars in a cheeseburger off that movie, <laughs> and like he doesn't look any different. Well, I don't know. Did that movie win an Oscar? Yeah, I. It seems like if your name's attached, well, maybe you have to win the Oscar. 
I mean, I've just heard that. <laughs> I've just heard that. <laughs> like, I heard Holly Berry and Will Smith and all them made way more money after they won the Oscar. Oh, yeah. Like, 200 grand versus 20 million. I don't know if that's true or not. You know what I mean? But, I mean, I, I'm repeating a story I read somewhere eight years ago. It was after that movie, Swordfish. I never seen Swordfish. Oh, it's a great movie. Is it really? No, what it's, it? I mean, it's terribly trashy, but I mean, it's great. You know, I think uh, it, it's what's famous because I think, if I remember right, I think Holly Berry was topless in it, right? And then uh, that's what it's known for usually. Usually, yeah. Is that the dude? Abdullahi yeah, Muse. Abdullahi Muse. Somali. What? Well, that's that's like his Anglicanized name. What's that say? Musa. Musa. Uh, Musa. Okay. Abduwali Abdukadir Musa. Th- this is what I'm actually curious about. Is he actually from Cam- Somalia? I think he said Cameroon. Uh, Musa was born in Galkayo. Oh, dude, I'm not even pronouncing any of shit, so I'm gonna look terrible. Galkayo, <laughs> a divided city in Somalia. Oh, okay. So he is Federal from Bureau of Prisons. Oh, so he was in prison in Somalia. Born in 1990. That that brings into question the casting for Captain Phillips, right? Did they just like drive to like a terrible town and was just like I'm sure. you? Well, that, that there was a, that girl that was in that movie, uh, Twelve Years a Slave, the one that got whooped. Did you see the movie? I had never did. I see said that whooped. Movie. That's terrible. She got whipped uh, by <laughs> what's his face, uh, uh, the guy that played Solomon Northrop was the character's name. Okay, she was. Oh, I forget. I don't know. We gotta be able to. We need it. We need some kind of system where I can like look stuff up on a separate computer. We need a system. We need a separate computer. That's what we need. We've got one. We need some sort of way to use another computer. How can we do that? <laughs> We've got one ancient laptop, one microphone that was bought off Amazon recently for fifteen bucks. Two and microphones. Two microphones. One of them that doesn't work properly. What works? I just think this single laptop that we have is the problem. I don't, I don't, because then once you go in and you record off of two separate computers, you have to splice them together. So, you know. Yeah, well, we'll figure it out. Like, the longer that we, you know, the more episodes that we do, yeah, the better that we'll get at banging episodes out. It'll get more polished, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Nobody starts from... Well, if you look at like the successful podcasts, yeah, the ones that got a bunch of episodes, like you can't even find some of their old, old episodes. I think like Rogan's podcast starts at like eleven or sixteen or thirteen or something like that on the internet, where it was like it was just like this, like super low budget. Oh, and, just, and yeah. They did like a Skype call or some shit, and it was like every dude had a laptop and a mic, and he was sitting on his couch. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's really what we're doing. We From got, humble beginnings, we've been humble. Well, yeah, that that implies we weren't humbled at one point. Yeah, uh, I didn't go into like I didn't go into this project going, oh man, I got this totally. I, I'm I'm an expert at podcasting. No, 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 we're not. We're novices. Well, the whole idea behind this is that we're just gonna sit across from each other and just talk about whatever we want. Yeah, this it's a the yeah that's kind of what we talked about. Uh, originally was it was just going to be a conversation two dudes we're pretty different in like we're similar in some ways and we're exact opposites in others i'm i'd call myself 
uh, libertarian conservative. I don't like libertarian, but that's the closest thing you can, you know, attribute to whatever. And then you'd be like a, a liberal. I said like a liberal. Like a liberal. You'd be like a, one of them liberals. <laughs> when, what's, it, what's it called them and people believe in Obama? Like he's a real person or something? <clears throat> no, the uh, the definitions changed. I'm now a uh, liberal snowflake millennial. It's all one group, right? I'm and... mad at millennials. <laughs> Who isn't mad at no, millennials? No, I'm mad at them because I'm excluded. Everybody, like you see those charts for millennials? Yeah. It's always like millennials or anybody from born like from 1980 or 1981 to whatever. And then it, what was before millennials? Generation Y. Generation Y or X or and whatever. That, Generation Y was always 76 to 79 or 76 to 80. So I'm like right in the middle on both of them. And both of them say that, you know, when I talk to people that are millennials, they're like, you're old as shit. What happened to Generation X? Like, that's what I grew I, I up with. I thought I was Generation X. I don't understand. But Y would come after us. I guess Generation X was like 70 to 76. The millennial gap is too wide, man, because now. I mean, millennials should be anybody that was born, like, after 2000, right? Or in the 2000s. That makes sense. That that would make sense for the word millennial. I see millennials as anybody's 20 to 30 right now, whatever the years it is. 20 would be, what, 97? <clears throat> well, it's really, like, the college students and yeah. up who are who. What year were you or, or 1992. Yeah, so you'd be a millennial minus, 97 to 87. I yeah. think that's a millennial. But, like... It's too wide, man. It's too wide. It's it's college students and these protesters and, and just random stuff that give everybody from the age well, I mean, you're 20 gonna have, to 30 a bad rep. You're gonna, I mean, 20 to 30, you're going to have college students, obviously. Yeah. Right? Uh, uh. And protesters, I mean, there's old people protesting. There's kids out there protesting shit. You know what I'm saying? I think you're going to have that. I just think you've got... It seems like the liberal end of the spectrum skews towards the younger, you know, towards the millennials. I mean, I haven't seen any anything with imperial evidence, but I would think that the overwhelming majority of millennials would be uh, liberal, right? If I yeah. guess, and that the older that you get, the more conservative that you. That it, not that everybody does, but it just seems demographic-wise that's the way it turns out. Well, it, it's all about different upbringings, man. It's all about how you grew up and what was the ideas at that time. And um, I don't know. I, 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 I see this big political divide, and I really – or I'm at the point where I just don't care anymore. Um, I just – I have a feeling for what I believe is right, and I just go with that. I don't put a label on it. Um, and I disagree with just about everybody. So, you know. Well, no, I mean, there's people that you agree with. And there's people that you disagree with. But I don't think the, – the problem is we always label people politically like everybody fits into one of three or four pegs. And it's just – I think people politically – like you, it, if you go down and you look at every political issue – I don't think even people that consider themselves politically aligned agree on every single issue. I, I think there's a pendulum, man. I think it goes from conservative to uh, liberal, back and forth. Like the majority of the mindset is liberal. One yeah, millennia I'm a, like, or, I'm a, or one generation, and then the next one is going to be most sure. conservative. That's what we're in now. We're in a conservative swing. There will be a liberal swing. There will be a conservative swing. Like I'm a fiscal conservative. Mm -hmm. I'm a 
social moderate, I would say. Uh, as far as foreign policy and stuff like that goes, I would say I'm a conservative. And then, uh, I mean, there's some, uh, I, I don't know, I just, I, I would agree with that. I think on every, every issue, I kind of go back and forth. It just depends. Like, I, I am uh, pro-life, pro-gun. Uh, I'm pro-union, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I am moderate on Israel. I don't think we should support or defend them. I think we should be neutral on Israel. Um, you know, I'm, I'm pro-Trump, but I changed my mind on that. I used to be, when Trump was running, I was against him. I didn't vote for him. I know Rand Paul pulled out, but I wrote Rand Paul in anyway. But, like, I didn't, I didn't believe. He didn't pull out. You see how many kids he's got? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, ladies and gentlemen, was a pity laugh. That's right. That's right. That was, if, if, the, if the mic wasn't on, he'd have just gotten, like, a deadpan look. Uh, but, you know, I didn't believe, I liked what Trump said, but I didn't believe anything he said. It was the same reason I didn't vote for Mitt Romney. I just didn't believe Mitt Romney. I thought he was full of it, right? Same thing with Trump. Now that Trump's in office, I feel that he's, he's trying to do, or at least maintain the standard of what he said he was going to do. I don't really care about, you know, his character or whatever. Your character can be terrible, but if you make the right decisions, your personal life has no bearing, uh, at least for me. I don't really care what you do. You know what I mean? Like if my neighbor's a cop and I know that he's into like, you know, bunny sex parties or, or you know, he's, what you know, I'm, I'm not going to judge the guy based on his personal life. It's not my business. Same thing with, you know, with Trump. But I don't know. I think you have to have integrity to run a country, right? So your personal life does matter in a way. It doesn't matter what you did before office, kind of, right? It, it kind of speaks for your character. Because if, say, it was you have a bang-up president, does a great job, right? But before he was president, he was a lord of a drug, uh, drug empire, right? Then it comes into question what this dude's morality is. Even if he is a great president, which I'm not saying Trump is a great president, I don't really care for the guy, but yeah, that's another day. But, uh, I mean, you have to have some sort of integrity. That's in a, yeah, but that's a false equivalency. You can't compare Trump to a, a, a drug lord. You know what I mean? I'm sure he was involved in some shady practices. I personally believe that. I'm not accusing the guy. But I personally believe that just because... You know, he was in the construction business in New York City, and I think there's some things that come with doing that successfully that may make you compromise morally, right? Right. But, you know, I believe that, you know, Bush, Clinton had some failings, this little Bush, and Clinton had some failings in their personal lives. Uh, My my issues with, with the presidents I dislike don't really have anything to do with their personal lives. At well, all. they say they say the Kennedys had mob ties too. Nobody really talks about that. Yeah, but it's all. I mean, all that that, that comes down to conspiracy stuff. That's what. So, I'm not making a conspiracy theory. I'm just saying that's what I believe based on what I think is rational logic. I think he was successful. There had to be some sort of whatever collaboration in some form. Well, here's the thing about Trump's success, right? Joey Diaz says. 
in the in the 80s trump is known as a real estate mogul right he opens the trump tower in new york it is a huge thing the trump tower isn't his last project but the the taj mahal in atlantic city is right which was an unmitigated disaster financially it opens to where machines aren't working things aren't working and i think it's within 10 years the thing goes bankrupt and is completely abandoned soon after that trump isn't a real estate mogul anymore trump becomes an icon because now he's known all over everywhere in the 80s as this icon of making money in the american dream after that point after the taj mahal all he does is sell his name he doesn't build any more towers other people build towers but want to call it be the Trump yeah, but Tower. All the, all the presidents and they just do sell that. His, look at the Clintons. Look at the Clintons and their and their speaking tour. All of the they're selling their name. No, I'm just saying. People, I don't knock him for that. People have this idea about him that isn't necessarily how he got his money. They say he's a great business, great businessman, right? Great businessman. Okay, and he can conduct business. But if you well, go I, along I mean, his reported line, you can argue that he wasn't a great businessman. It, it is completely arguable. I, I don't know of anybody else who's known so globally as a business person that's been into financial bankruptcy so many times and actually doesn't do anything business-wise otherwise or other than sell their own name, right? Like, I mean, that doesn't take much. If you, if you get famous at one point and you just put your name and plaster all over everything, it's not really business, is it? It's just saying, hey, you can use this. You just got to pay me for it. I mean, it's not a real big wheeling and dealing kind of thing. So, the, I mean, what, what it comes down to is you don't like the guy, but you didn't vote against him. Yeah. You're probably not going to vote if he runs again. So Depends like, on I, who runs against him. Well, who has to run against him to get you out to vote? Somebody that I like. Okay. Like, give me an example. I don't know. I liked, uh, I liked Sanders. No, it doesn't even have to be a politician. Like I can, I would like. I think a great ticket would be Rand Paul mm -hmm. and uh, Ben Shapiro. I'd vote or Rand Paul or uh, oh, I forget the guy's name. Never mind. Rand Paul or Ben Shapiro. Well, now everybody, all these celebrities are wanting to run for president. So let's let's look at the dynamic. I would I would totally put somebody like. So just bad business decisions. You think should disqualify <laughs> you from being a president? No, I think. I think lying about your bad business decisions makes you unsuitable for being president. Well, the problem is, and this is, you know, I made a Facebook post about this the other day. We've gotten into this deal now where, and it seems like it started with Clinton, that once we get a president in office, the thing is we get him elected and whenever the opposing party is that they spend the next, the rest of his term trying to... Oh, I can't. That's way too much sugar and stuff. They spend the well, not sugar, but it's just it's potato chips. I can't when will you ever see pot roast potato chips again? Uh, doesn't matter. No, it's like you know, I don't know. I'm not. I'm. I'm not eating cheesecake either. I'm out. <laughs> I'm trying to man. I gotta to to you know to do the jujitsu stuff that I want to do. I've got to. I gotta lose weight. Plus tomorrow's my birthday, and I'm gonna get. I'm gonna destroy my stomach. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, really, I'm, I, we got we're going we're going to grill bratwurst chicken maybe some poppers steaks and i'm gonna drink a bunch of beer and i got some whiskey in there too some two or more do i'll probably drink that so 
Happy early birthday, by the way. I appreciate you. Also, uh, you my main man here is getting married today as well. No, I thought you were already married. Already. I am already married. Well, see, the Catholic Church has this thing about if you if you're a convert, because uh -huh. we're a weird set of converts anyway. That's all another story. I'm a former atheist. Um, she's I don't know Christian. I don't know non-denomination. I don't remember what she was. Uh, but when the Catholic Church has this thing where if you come into the church from uh, outside of the faith, outside of the the diocese or whatever, uh, if you if either or both of you have a previous marriage outside of the church, they consider that outside of you know that's uh, they consider the second marriage to be adultery because they don't condone divorce. So they consider you still married to your previous husband and you attending church and all that stuff and taking communion with someone you're committing adultery with is kind of a no-no. So they won't confirm you into the church until your wedding's been blessed, your marriage has been blessed. So my wife and I were married uh, December 15th, 2008 in Jefferson County, Texas, right? Yes. So today, which is the day before Easter, which is the day that Catholics had, Catholics, Catholics have Easter vigil, and that's where they bring in new Catholics, traditionally anyway. You know, the people that go through, it's called RCIA. It's the new Catholic class, how to convert, whatever. Uh, everybody's done on one day. So today my wife will be baptized. I was baptized a long time ago, before I was an atheist. My wife will be baptized. <laughs> uh, and our we're not really getting married, but our, our marriage is being blessed. Ah, okay. And then I will be... Are you eating in the middle of our podcast? Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah, and I, I will chips, be man. pot roast potato chips. Mm -hmm. Pot roast. That's terrible. That's ridiculous. I feel, I feel bad for eating grilled chicken tomorrow. And you're just, oh, Lord. All right. So, and then I will be confirmed in the church. And then we'll be allowed to celebrate the sacraments, which is, we'll be able to take communion, which is supposed to be, you know, that's a big gift for Catholics. So... That is the, that's awesome, by the way. I'm, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, at the same time, that is absolute nuts, what by is, the way. Just, well, no, not getting married, right? It's just like, hey, I know you're married, but we don't see you as married. You need to do all this stuff. Once you once you complete the, uh, the appropriate forms and conditions, uh, you may be part of, uh, you know, this. I just find it interesting. Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, we had some difficulty. Well, we I had some difficulties with it, you know, because there there was a time where I was considering trying to become ordained as a pre uh, as a deacon. No but shit. You can't become a priest if you if you're married, right? Mm -hmm. Currently in the Catholic Church, the church is changing. We got a new pope who's pretty liberal. So, uh, but you can be a deacon and be married. So you have to essentially go to Catholic college, right? And uh, you have to get involved with what's called the permanent, I believe. It's called the permanent diaconate. Mm -hmm. And uh, they won't let you take part in that until you have three years after confirmation just to show that you're serious about being Catholic and being a priest or being deacon. So I couldn't proceed forward, forward with that until this whole process got going. So, And it's been almost three years. So we are uh, pretty – well, I was pretty chomping at the bit to get this done. I got you. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. I mean, that's that's awesome, man. I, I have 
I just don't understand it at all. Well, I mean, there's a difference between not understanding it and just not understanding why someone would take part in it. Oh, yeah, no. See, I'm, that's the thing about me is I'm, I may question something, but I never will down somebody about their opinion. Are you coming? Uh, I, I should, yeah. You're not going to do this. You're standing me up. <laughs> the, uh, the process. Are you going to wear a suit? I figured that would be the best You're still eating in the middle of our podcast. I am. I'm, I'm eating in the middle of our podcast. That's ridiculous. Um, Very unprofessional. That's why Facebook isn't going to sponsor us. <laughs> Maybe we get sponsored by Disney. No, fuck think. this guy. Disney would be cool. Disney does Star Wars. Oh, yeah, dude. We can talk think about we can get Star some Wars Star Wars swag? Most definitely. In fact, I bought the original cut of the uh, Empire Strikes Back. I just want him to, like, to give me Darth Vader. The entirety of Darth Vader. Just give it to me. <laughs> I, I want the intellectual property. <laughs> you get there one day and you're like, you hear a knock on the door. You open it up and there's a box. It'd be like the... James, it's James Earl Jones in the box. No, you can't do that. Be, <laughs> some people, somebody's going to get offended at that. I can't do that. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, it'd be like the... the you remember the briefcase in Pulp Fiction? Where yeah. They kept opening it and it was glowing gold, but you never saw inside that. Oh, yeah, it'd yeah. be like that box. You open it up and it's just like glowing black. <laughs> and your, my wife's looking at me. She's like, Phil, what is it? I'm like, it's Darth Vader, baby. <laughs> Hail to the king. I still I still like the James Earl Jones. Like, Dude, he's the best voice. Him and the guy that does uh, Optimus Prime. Oh, yeah. Autobots, roll out. Who did the voice of Optimus Prime? I forget the guy's name. It's like Mike or Mike. I don't know. Google it. Here, I'll Google it. I got it. I got it. We'll figure out who it is. Could you imagine being that guy at, like, a Christmas party or something like that? They're like, oh, your boss gave you a $1,000 bonus. That's dope. I got James Earl Jones. <laughs> <laughs> James Earl Jones. You, like, take him everywhere. You got a little – it's like a parrot on your shoulder. Peter Cullen is the voice of Optimus Prime. Oh, man, I can't recognize that from anything else. That voice is, like, unmistakable, though. Oh, yeah. We got to do the intro. You let me do the intro? Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Left-hand talon! Right-hand raptor! That's going to be the intro to our podcast. By the way, we're looking for any uh, voiceover jobs that you're looking to do. Um, I'll be glad to voice over all the cartoons. <laughs> and uh, 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 Bill here can do the uh, video games. The yeah, monsters. The monsters. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Thanks, Disney. <laughs> yeah, just brain yeah, Facebook, Disney. We gotta see who else. You'd probably, you'd probably would be happy if we could Philip Morris to sponsor. Us. Oh yeah, that'd be great. You know how funny people that we know would find that. Oh, that'd be that would be Sean Morris sponsored by Philip Morris. Like you wouldn't be sponsored. You'd just be sponsored in life in general. It'd just be the Morris Company. But every episode, I gotta tell the episode. Kind of episode, episode. We. Uh, then shortly after that, I gotta, you know, speak about the good health benefits of smoking. It's terrible. Smoking makes you look healthier, makes your baby pop out nice and fit and adds, full of weight. Adds an easy fifteen years to your <laughs> face and takes thirty off your life. Did you ever want your face to look like a road map? Ever want <laughs> a voice like a truck stop hooker? <laughs> Try cigarettes today. It's terrible. Surgeon General's warning may make you sexy. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's terrible. 
Well, that's how the ads back in the day were for smoking. Like oh, nobody oh, gave I a see. shit. Oh yeah, there right. Was, it's like the worst. Like that's a segue that you're going to hell for. My doctor prescribed smoking for my pregnancy. Oh my god! I got just burned <laughs> in hell. He's poof. You should get to hell. He's burned to death over and over and over. The baby Great pops time. out looking like Steve Buscemi. <laughs> 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 like like stubble and everything. <laughs> hey, you got a light? He's like a real life Schmeagel. Oh, dude, Steve Buscemi. By the way, amazing actor. Looks oh, yeah. terrible. He was in uh, that TV show, uh, Boardwalk Empire. Oh yeah, amazing show. I think Wahlberg produced that. Did he really? Yeah. The Marky Mark. Yeah, oh, the Marky Mark. That's <laughs> the awesome. Marky Mark. Yeah, dude, he's done like he does. Uh, that show with the rock um oh i forget what the name of it is on uh hbo ballers oh Ball. yeah, yeah. Never he seen does it. that he did entourage i think he's got cameos in there marky mark is not only talented he's, he's got, like he's like the new tom cruise he's got he's got a great set of abs man back in the day marky mark and the funky bunch he was like this fitness model right i somebody somebody showed me he had a workout cassette tape back when he was still marky mark tape cassette tape VHS, and it was the great, it was the greatest thing of all time. It was him being '90s rapper Marky Mark, while also doing a fitness uh, video. It's 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 great, and you look at him now and you can't even imagine. Oh bullshit! I can see it. He still got that because he still got that Boston hood slang. You know what I mean? And that like I would mess with him. Oh no! I saw him I real life, and he, he and he was mad at me, and he. He talked mean to me. I, I'm sorry, sir. I mean, try to double aim. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mess with Marky Mark. There's plenty of people I wouldn't mess Get with. Get my ass whooped. Like, at some some point during the being an actor process, you have to learn how to be a badass. I mean, there's no other way about it. Keanu Reeves did it with the John Wick movies. Oh, yeah. Like, I would never mess with Keanu Reeves. What are you Are you playing the workout? Yeah. Marky Mark. Of course, it so it opens with him naked in bed. This is terrible. Oh, I love that tracksuit, right? Oh, of course, Adidas. Remember the Adidas jackets with the hoods? <laughs> yeah, that hair. I one of my friends. No, that have been around still the, rocks that the day that, Yeah, because what is this? Skip through this crap. One minute. I gotta open up like he's. Of course, there's him in his drawer. This is terrible. This is absolutely. That's why it's great. No. To make money. I've learned. Show me some of this fitness stuff. All right, let's get to it. I'm. He's losing me. Let's see. I don't think. Here we go. This is terrible. <laughs> this looks like this looks like '90s porn. It's it's shot like a. I like, mean, they're lifting weights, but it's just a. Li- <laughs> it's shot like an old softcore porn uh, porn that would be on Showtime at like yeah, eleven o'clock. Yeah, Skinamax. All right, I'm done with it. All right, yeah, I'm. I'm see, he's come a long way. He's come a long way, man. I'm I'm proud of you, Mark. You know what I mean? Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> That's terrible. 
I hate that movie. I've never seen it. I hate that movie. Oh, you should watch it. I'm not going to watch it. You should watch it. No. It's amazing. I, no. I'm by not. the way, The Room by Tommy Wiseau, a, absolutely a stroke of genius. It's a stroke of My something. My kids are obsessed with it. I, I think it. I think it was just a stroke. But either way, it was it was a stroke of something. So I mean, you got to take, you got to take. Uh, Splendor and all the terribleness of everything. It goes back to what we were saying earlier. I don't even know what earlier. that means. It's just nonsense. Well, it's it's like it's you like just, the you just made some mouth sounds that they tried to make them sound like a sentence. That's terrible. It, it, it's what we go back to saying earlier that our predisposition is everything's awful, right? So yeah, you got You got to revel oh, yeah, in the terrible. awfulness of everything. It's terrible. Yeah, but if your predisposition is everything awful, everything is awful. Then it has to be terrible at being awful. But there's some stuff I like, like uh, that's like that. There's a movie called uh, The Signal. Mm-hmm. That's great. It's a horror movie, but the first 45 minutes are the most. It's the funniest. It's the funniest 45 minute stretch of any movie I've ever seen in my life. I These people hear this signal, yeah. and they go crazy, and they like butcher each other and stuff. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah like there's the opening scene. This girl's. Trying to get away from this guy running down the hallway. People are killing each other all over the place. There's blood and guts, right? Mm. And he follows her in. She trips over. She follows her into her apartment in the hallway. She trips over the door and she's on the ground. And he steps through the door, and like that's it. Like he's got an axe or something. Like he's gonna kill her. And you can see it's that moment where he's about to raise that axe and kill her. And then you hear like a noise come from down the hallway, and he leans back real soft and looks and looks at her and says, "Hang on one second. And he turns around and leaves. <laughs> and she shuts the door locks. <laughs> the the first forty five minutes is just just bit after bit after bit. It's I've never seen anything like it. It's amazing. You have to watch it. The signal. I I think I've seen it. Oh. I I have an extension like an extensive library of horror movies. There's one thing that I've grown up with you my would, entire life, which is horror movies. Well, most kids, right? You are the stereotypical, not, and it's not it's not. I don't mean this derogatory at oh. all. But you are the epitome of neckbeard single guy. <laughs> like I walk in your house, and you used to have a brain, you know, a fake brain, and a plastic deal over there in the corner. It's oh, it's not in my room now. Uh, but you walk in your house, and you got superhero paintings on the walls, Godzilla stuff. You got some weirdo Japanese lamp thing hanging from your your uh, ceiling fan. You do have your art, which is cool. I've actually commissioned you to do a painting for myself, haven't I? Yes, yes. That'll be cool. But you do have some art, but and like you've got this like four foot tall stained glass. Uh, looks like Saint George knighted on a horse painting. It's just like you are Mister Neckbeard, and the cool part is you're like you wear that unabashedly. You're not ashamed to be King Neckbeard. Oh yeah, no, no. In fact, I'm I'm releasing my own brand of neckbeard scents. Come, uh... scents, neckbeard scents. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, every oils. every neckbeard oil. Oh, it's all oil. essential oils. Like uh, you need to do like your own neckbeard like, styles, like the beard hawk. Oh yeah, no, you need to shave half of it right, and then keep like the Hawaiian shirts. Reverse chops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh or shit. Or just out, just an outline of chops. Well, every every king or every celebrity has their own line of perfumes. I want to release mine like Broken oh, Childhood Dreams no. or or um, 
yeah, mother issues or I need a steam cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> Five year old ramen. Five year old ramen. Yeah. Of course. Oh. It's just I, I I enjoy all this stuff. At first when I moved here, I was like, there's no way anybody's gonna be into the same stuff I am. And then as time has gone on, I found my nerd collective and we're all into the same stuff. Like, and I didn't even have anything really growing up to get into that None stuff. None of you ever get laid. None of you. It's it's just or, like... Or random. You may be the only one. Like, there's, there's like, I just... Or if you do, it's amongst each other. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm there's, just saying. There's, there's, a, uh, there's a neat dungeon. Uh, by I, the way... That's, uh, I'm terrified by that. That's, I, I'm, I'm out. I don't know what we're talking about right now, but it's terrifying. Oh, oh, so neat, right? Neat is this Japanese word for... See, that's what I'm talking about, that right there. You have you even have your own little nerd language. Oh, dude, it's it's these guys who stay in their apartments and just play video games and nurture it all day. Except I don't stay indoors all the time. Yeah, I go out to get I, cigarettes. I, I go out to get in my car to go to work. And cigarettes. <laughs> and cigarettes. And I get out. But you don't, work. you don't come to jujitsu. Uh huh. You came one time. One time. It was all I needed to know to be a certified badass. You know. <laughs> well, but see, here's the thing. There's actually people that think like that. There's a guy named. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of him or not. Probably not. There's a guy named Hickson Gracie, who was when the Gracies first came up and got real famous. He was the family champion, right? Okay. So, like, everybody knows that Hoist Gracie went to the UFC and dominated and showed everybody that this, this little guy from Brazil and his karate gi could strangle, you know, anybody, no matter what the size was, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Hoist wasn't the baddest dude in the family at the time. That was Hickson. Hickson was the baddest guy in the family. He was the family champion. Hoist fought because the Gracies wanted everybody to see that it wasn't about size. So they picked the smallest guy in their family, right? So Hickson was the real, I mean, they're all certified ninjas. They're all bad assassin killers, right? But Hickson was like the guy at the time. And uh, Hickson said that it's not one or two classes that make a difference. It's 10, right? Now, I don't think he's saying that 10 classes, but I think he's saying that it's not much to make a difference. But it's this much, which I would assume would be exponential. Like you look at, you look at the guy that's made a difference. Like I really noticed a difference around class seven. The yeah. seventh class I went to is when I, when I went to was when I, when I really noticed a change that things had slowed down. I had more control. It didn't go as fast as a fist fight normally does, right? I could, I could, I could process the information much, much more simple, right? Right. And then the next class. I had an amazing class, and I went from being able to just defend myself and no offense to having offense, not having to defend myself, and being able to to, <clears throat> to pass guard and tap people out. And that was like that. And it was right around class seven and eight, right? So I think that's what Hickson was saying that you see a difference around ten. I mean, that may not be exactly. He's just saying that it ain't a little bit of jujitsu. It's a little bit of jujitsu with a little bit of practice will make a big difference. So imagine like a blue belt, which is the next belt up in jujitsu. That's probably two years of training. But you got to think a guy that's a blue belt in jujitsu 
is like combat wise is better than probably probably ninety percent of the people that he encounters. Dude. Just just in skill level. When that one fight happens where I get to use that one move I learned, oh yeah. That guy is in oh, trouble. Yeah. I'm Who just was telling. one of the one of these guys said I think it was either Rogan or Gary Conan or something like that. One of these guys said it's kinda of funny that uh we train all of our life, we put all these hours and we prepare for an event that's never going to happen. We yeah. pre- we prepare for a fist fight that may happen one time in our life. You know, Gary Tonin, right? So Gary Tonin's like the top five, top ten jujitsu guys on the planet. He's from the, the the John Danaher death squad, the guys that do all the leg locks, and they're kind of running through everybody like Drano right now. Just had his first MMA fight, and he said afterwards, because he TKOs the guy, right? And in the, uh, I want to say in the second round or at the end of the first round, I forget, he TKOs him, and the guy's a kickboxer. Gary Tonin's this, Gary Tonin's this jiu-jitsu guy. Right, right. And they ask him at the end of it, they're like, "How did that happen?" He's like, "Man, I've never been in a fight in my life. I've never been in a fist fight before. I've never even trained hard. When you spar, you're not trying to knock guys out." And he's like, "I knew I could submit him, but I wanted to see what it was like to throw a punch with bad intentions." And he said, "The real difference came when he ate his first real good shot." And he's like, "Oh, oh, so it's like that. I can do that." And he said, "That's when he turned the corner." And you can see him when he gets when he gets the guy down. Uh, I think the guy's name was uh, Cormanal. Michael Cormanal, I think was his name. He, Gary Tonin gets the guy down, and you can see once he's comfortable, he goes from dropping bombs just with straight-up pressure to coming way up high and loading up elbows. And, like, you know, he's he gives his base up. He, like, he he does not have good posture at the top of it because he's really extended. His balance is way up high. He rocked the dude's world. Oh, yeah, but the dude was, was mashed, right? Yeah. But... The guy had never been in a fight in his life, and he's one of the baddest dudes on the planet right now. You know, it's it's it is kind of funny that we do we go through all of that just to prepare for something that, you know, is going to happen very, very rarely if ever. So, on that note, I'd like to conclude this first episode with a summary. Um, it's going to sound like you're eating the mic now compared to <laughs> like you had to pull it close, like we're on late night. D- <laughs> Just gonna end this right. Now. <clears throat> Don't mess with jujitsu, guys. Somalian pirates can also be celebrities. Uh, school shootings are bad, and Trump is a guy. <laughs> he is a guy, and also neither of us have any idea what we're talking about. So yeah, all this is just stuff. <laughs> We made up half of it, really. Um, I, I mean, I threw out statistics, but I, I don't. I have no idea. Like, I just made this stuff up. I'm hoping like, I want to be famous. That's why I'm doing this. We both want to be famous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, again, Mark Zuckerberg. Um, send me a billion dollars. Send me a billion dollars. Um, you're you're my waifu. You're that guy um, at the end of the UFC fight that like takes the mic from Rogan and then just hogs it. And then does a shout-out to, like, half of Brazil. Thanks, Mom. Without you, none of this would have been possible. All right. 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 Concludes episode one. Goodbye.